You are listening to Bicycle Retail Radio, brought to you by the National Bicycle Dealers Association. The MBDA would like to offer a sincere note of thanks to Associate Member Bike Exchange for their continued support of the NBDA and retailers at large. BikeExchange.com is the world's leading bicycle marketplace. Across eight countries, Bike Exchange prides itself as being the one-stop destination to buy, sell, and find everything bike. Since 2007, Bike Exchange has fueled the passion to ride by making it easy to buy and sell online. They connect with consumers everywhere to find, research, and buy all their related cycling needs through their marketplace. They also support and connect hundreds of retail bike stores and brands throughout the world. Bike Exchange is committed to helping people find the right cycling product in a single location and is considered the online destination for all things bicycles. Connecting your retail location to Bike Exchange is free, and you pay a commission only on what you sell. Join Bike Exchange today, and you'll receive a free one-year membership to the Professional Bike Mechanics Association and a free copy of the NBDA Cost of Doing Business Report. This membership and research has a combined value of $750, and it is being provided free of charge to bike retailers that join Bike Exchange today. Learn more at bikeexchange.com. Welcome to another episode of Bicycle Retail Radio, produced by the National Bicycle Dealers Association. This is MBDA President Heather Mason. All right, we're doing something a little out of the box here. This is the NBDA Nosh, episode one. Monthly, Rochelle Scouten and I will be doing a recording of the Nosh. And the Nosh is nourishment, a little bicycle industry food for the soul. It might leave you feeling full and content at the end or hungry and asking for more. We're hopeful it hits you right on, leaving you feeling positive, confident, inspired, and thankful. Thankful for this wonderful industry that we all get to love, work, and play in. So MBDA Development Director Rochelle Scouten and I are going to catch up with our listeners on life, work, relationships, and our latest take on the industry news. At the NBDA NOSH, we're going to share with you highlights from this past month's virtual member events. We're going to share some collective retailer advice, plan for the future, And sometimes on the NOSH, we'll be joined by some special guests. In today's episode, we're going to be joined by our friends from HLC and talk through the highlights and community effects that the Buy Where You Ride Retailer Event Fund program is having. So, MBDA NOSH, take one. Rochelle, what do you think? I'm excited. I think this will be good. I'm pumped too. You know, it's been a little over a year since we have been working together and I've been recording the podcast and I just felt like it was time to mix it up a little bit. And I don't know, just you and I kind of jam out a little bit and share what we're hearing and what we're seeing. Yeah. It kind of came out as you suggested the idea because so many people that we talk to ask us, hey, what are you hearing from retailers? Hey, you're constantly talking to retailers. Please tell me what I need to know. Like, let us know what's going on. What do you think of this thing that just came out in brain? So we decided to kind of put it all together into one place and share it out with everyone. Yeah. And full disclosure for those listening, we have no idea where this is going to go today. We are totally flying off the cusp here. Hopefully you're loving the word nosh, the MBDA nosh. I mean, Rochelle, (laughs) I know at first I think you thought it was a little strange, no? 
you had a whole concept. Who am I to say no to you? Like food, food for the soul. You know, like we're talking about things that are going to be nourishing. Like I can really <laughs> sell it on you, right? Um, hey, how are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. We just came off of our first e-bike fireside chat, which was the first part in our four-part e-bike series that's coming up. And it was really, really impactful. There was a lot of information there. Yeah. We had a lot of people attending. The chat box was out of control. I'm like typing to you. I'm like, are you monitoring this? (laughs) Like, It was such important information. And I'm thankful. I'm thankful to the panel of experts that came on. So much knowledge there. Yeah, it was great. I believe next week's podcast is going to be that recording. You're right. That's good. But how are you? I mean, we're always in work mode. Can I just ask you how you are for a second outside of work? That's a great question. I made a really impulsive decision over the weekend to get an ear piercing. And it's like up in the cartilage area. And I got my lobes pierced before. And so I thought it would just be the same. It's not the same. It's throbbing. It hurts a lot. What do you even do for that? Is that like walking around with an ice cube on your ear? Pretty much. Like you have to soak it in salt water two times a day and that cleans it. But other than that, it's just like you can't sleep on it. And it's a lot more work than I thought. It was a very impulsive decision that I don't normally do. And now I'm realizing why I don't do that. But are you happy that you did it? Oh, I love it. Yeah. I feel like as we age, we make less impulsive decisions. I don't necessarily know if that's a good thing or not, though. I think we still need to have that sense of like, just go for it every once in a while. It's true. I don't regret it. I just probably should have had a little bit more information before. Are you still running in the morning? Yeah, I started a new workout regimen. It's really good every morning. Well, yesterday I didn't make it. I slept in a little bit. But most mornings I make it to the gym, do some running and a new weight routine. And it's going really well. I was running yesterday. And I was thinking of you and I was like, she must be running too. And then I realized we're on different sides of the country and you probably weren't running because it was like six my time. (laughs) Okay. So this is the notch. So here we go. Let's start with what's in bicycle retail industry news lately and talk about some key things that are happening. I mean, we could start with that. Yeah. I mean, you asked me how I am. I, I would be remiss if I didn't ask how you are. I'm like, okay, let's work. I'm good. I've been, I am like, you know, they say soccer mom. I am lacrosse mom right now. I am like Addie's 14, Aiden's 11. And every weekend is lacrosse tournament. And I got to tell you, I love it. I love like being the mom yelling stuff from the sidelines that might be accurate, might not, but I don't know. (laughs) My kids are looking at me and they're like, shh, (laughs) it's so fun. Yeah, I'm good. I've been riding a ton and Oh, I got a sprinter van last night for the first time, decided I'm camping in the van, right? So I drove 20 minutes north of my house to this trailhead just so I could test it. It's like the universe of mosquitoes hatched at the trailhead. Like I couldn't even open the doors. (laughs) So I got through it by driving to like a neighborhood 20 minutes north of where I live and parking on the side of a road. But sprinter van life is great. (laughs) Neighborhood sprinter van life. It was attempt number one, only to be improved (laughs) upon from here. So I'll keep the audience updated. (laughs) 
I've been running a ton. I just got new sneakers. So yeah, life is good. And I do measure, you know, how I'm feeling and my success on the job I'm doing and how well we're doing. And I feel like we're putting together a lot of content recently and we have a lot of member engagement recently. Our Monday mingle was awesome this past week. So I'm feeling good because things are just rolling really good. So yeah. 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 I agree. Thanks for asking. It's literally my job. So I had a conversation with Mark Sani, uh, who many of our listeners might know. He's in the industry. He's a writer. He's wrote for many trade publications. And he sent me an email asking about what the NBDA thinks about the major changes in the industry landscape with you know the Trek stores, the specialized stores, you know, Pond coming in, buying stores. Did I tell you I talked to him? I don't think so. Yeah. So, you know, he sent me an email requesting this conversation. So we had a great talk. And what actually came out in our sales rep mingle as well from Kevin at SRAM, you know, he was talking about we have in in California, like the Trek store now with the specialized store, they're like all on the same block. What we don't have anymore is the IBD that carries XYZ brands. Kevin from Shreem was actually saying that there's opportunity now for bike shops to open because people want something other than the major brands. And, you know, that was where I was going to go to mark with it. You know, I was like, I think this is an amazing opportunity for the IBDs to curate an awesome inventory and really strive to showcase your unique qualities to your community. Like, why did you open the store? Where are the best places to ride? Why should someone come you know, visit you? It's a great opportunity to really be unique. What do you think about everything in this area? I mean, I definitely agree with that. There are a lot of things that we have heard in discussions with retailers about the topic is that these stores have so many more resources at their disposal than I do as a one location store. You know, they have all of these hiring and salary budgets that I just don't have. But I think the thing to keep in mind is that they also have more regulation and they have less of that community aspect than any IBD can have. There's a level of service and a level of community engagement that like a local IBD has that no other store can ever have. And as long as that's kept up, and if that's like the main focus of get more product, and even if you can't have product, just giving that level of service really sets you apart from anybody else. Yeah. I don't know. So we haven't really got into this too much, you and I, but there was a local bike shop, a great local bike shop about 20 minutes by where I camped last night, <laughs> like literally <laughs> around the corner. That was like the voice of the community. You know, they, they people showed up there for group rides. They had like the shop brand in Jersey. Like it was the place to go. And it got bought by Trek a couple of years ago. And I'm not talking about anything negative. I mean, you know, I, I want everyone to be successful, but it got purchased by a major company a couple of years ago and it's changed. Five of the store has changed. So I think there's a lot of opportunity for the independent bicycle retailers and, and there's a lot of people really worried and really nervous, but I do see a lot of opportunity ahead. So I think there's something that you talk about 
a lot too in your Wednesday emails to members is that yes, there's a lot to focus on that's negative, but if you choose to see the opportunity in something, it's a lot easier to take action on that. A lot of, I don't want to get too into it, but you said that you've got some feedback from some people on these Wednesday emails that encourage people to be optimistic. And they write back and say, I don't know how you can say that, you know, when all of this is going on. And it's really just like choosing to have that mindset changes a lot about what you see in around you and what you feel you can do about it, right? I was just listening to a book when I was running an audiobook and it talked about how we have all the resources we need right at our fingers. So the tools are there. To be a human or a bicycle retailer, anyone who's thriving and excelling, you have to just know how to use those tools. First, you have to realize that you can, and then you have to realize to know how to use those tools. So they're there. And once you put energy towards something, it's a lot easier to get there. You know what I mean? And and if it's positive energy, then you're well on your way, right? So Mm -hmm. I've tried to keep people out of the negativity because once we go there, it just... It's not good for anyone. And that goes for surrounding yourself with negative people too. I don't think that helps either. So I'm really optimistic. I'm going to continue to be optimistic. Yeah. And I think that's what we need as an industry to be optimistic. Talking about that, I don't know if you saw in bicycle retail industry news talking about posing the question, is the US aimed towards a growth in cargo bikes? It's coming out of the Dutch, like, you know, there's a lot of companies using cargo bikes for delivery of food, a lot of like Amazon and supermarkets. So posing the question, like, are we headed there in the US? I know major metropolises like New York City are looking at using more and more actually already using e-cargo bikes. That'll be something to keep an eye on. I know we've had a couple of members, I think, bring it up in meetings, I think. Yeah, I see it becoming a necessity kind of in bigger cities where it'll become harder to get around by car, but people still need to go to the grocery store and things like that. So it's definitely, I think the next step beyond traveling by e-bike. And I know Turn, who's an MBDA association member, they're one of the industry's most high profile like efforts they've done to really develop a fleet for the emerging e-cargo market. So interesting to watch how that goes. And I know Turn is working with bicycle retailers, really friendly, amazing companies. So if any retailer is listening and wants to get into the cargo space, I would definitely look it up. I think as we continue to see gas prices climb, right? What are they in California? Uh, Six dollars. Uh-huh. Uh All right. So let me do some highlights from some of our networking events. What did we do recently? Monday Mingle. That was a good one on sales, the conversation around anniversary sales and discounting in general, huh? That was a great conversation. We had like over 20 people on there and we were all talking about when is it appropriate to discount your inventory and put on a sale? Is it ever appropriate? Is it only appropriate? for trying to clear out inventory that you don't want to have sitting around that's costing you more money to store it? Or is it a really effective marketing strategy, having an annual sale that's two weeks long and inviting people in? It was a really good discussion. 
Yeah. So we had some good takeaways like regarding when to put stuff on sales. I think it was it Ken from Ken's Bike Skateboard who shared that he pulls out of his point of sale system an aging report that'll tell him what product is past a certain time frame in the store. And that's how he selects what items. I think overwhelmingly though, the notion from the retailers on the call collectively was we don't want people to see our store as a place to get discounted items. So they were very cautious of how they were discounting if they were, right? Right. And making it an event was a popular suggestion was instead of making it come to our store to see if anything's on sale, it was things are on sale during this targeted event that happens, maybe different events over two weeks, something on a Saturday so that families who work during the week and have sports events at night can come during the weekend. And then people who can make it on weekdays at night, you can have an event for that. Just make it as easily accessible to people as possible with multiple events over a long period of time instead of maybe stop in and see what we have on clearance, I think is an effective way to do it. Yeah. And we also talked about like the why of a sale, like what are we looking to achieve, right? So are we looking to move old merchandise or are we looking to bring people into the store? Because mm-hmm. I think those are two separate things. And was it Kristen from Steve the Bike Guy who said like, if we discount a trainer $5, is that really going to make a difference in the end? Will the consumer buy something just because it's 5 or $10 less? And if we're looking to bring people into the store, can we do so with, what was the great idea? Like raffles or, oh, Alan from Wolf E-Bikes. So Wolf E-Bikes, they're an MBDA member, but Alan Kruger, who runs Wolf E-Bikes, also owns a, a retail store up in Canada. And for an event they were hosting, they did win your purchase this weekend. So over the course of several days, any consumer, any rider could come in, make a purchase. And one of those purchases at random was selected. And basically the person was refunded. Someone won their purchase. And he was saying it was awesome, right, Michelle? Wasn't he like... He said people were adding things onto their purchase that they had an amazing uptick in sales. And he said it was like negative five degrees, something really ridiculous temperature-wise, really, really cold in the middle of January. And they sold more e-bikes than they had in the last couple of years in the month of January. And so, yeah, he said it was really, really effective. Great idea. Fantastic. Fantastic advice. Yeah. So that was a great mingle. And then, so the rep group, I love that we not only get sales representatives, but we sometimes always get also brand leaders and then we'll usually have a retailer or two on the call. So it's a neat mix, you know, so everyone can kind of help each other. The idea is that we're allowing a platform, a space for our representative members to communicate, you know, how they're best working with retailers, what the practices are there. But the conversation there was that things seem to be kind of slowing down from the visits that they're going into stores. And we've heard that too from our retail members as well. We have, yeah. And then the other thing that was interesting to me is that concerning 2023 programs or even new products. So we know we've heard that supply is going to continue to be a little stressed, but several brands, like they have new products waiting to launch, but they're holding them, not releasing them because they can't get a certain part or because most of it is like the supply just hasn't caught up. So there's stuff coming down the pipeline that's just literally on hold because you don't want to put something out that we're not going to be able to get pretty fascinating stuff. 
And then what else? Let's see. We just had the e-bike one. So the fireside chat, I didn't realize that fireside chat, the play on words, it's crazy on social media right now. Everyone's like, Heather, (laughs) funny. I really didn't put it together. Like Ibrahim actually was the one who came up with the name of it. Maybe he did. It was like tons. (laughs) You know, (laughs) He, he did. It was great though. We had the deputy commissioner or deputy of the New York fire department. Oh, great. Was it to have him join the call? It was really, really fantastic for him to share his insight and then to have people from UL there to share their insight. And then we had Mike and Jay from Human Powered Solutions to share theirs. There was a lot of knowledge there consolidated into one place. And we had retailers asking questions one-on-one. I just thought it was a fantastic event. I can't tell you as I dive deeper into e-bike regulations and risk and just see all of the fires and all of the incidents happening. It's so important to me that we continue to stress the importance of this information to retailers. And you really need to pay attention to it because the case numbers are increasing as George told us. So it's something we want to definitely as an industry, keep our pulse on. And that's the thing is that it is preventable with the right knowledge. We're trying to let people know about it so that they can take those steps to try to prevent as well as we can. I mean, this month is just like flown by. I can't even imagine like it's June. I don't even know how we got here so quickly. (laughs) I feel like we were just ringing in the new year. I have no idea where it went. Welcoming an awesome new person onto our team, huh? Melanie has been fantastic. She's amazing. I remember of the NBDA, you might have had a call from her recently to the shop. She's just reaching out and asking, how do you like your membership? And then would you consider renewing? Please tell us there's anything that you would like to see added to the membership benefits. And she's been a great asset. It's so exciting to have her. And I'm glad she's here. And I was just thinking from the conversations that she's told me she's having with retailers, the sales are down. They're down over last year, still above 2019. But overwhelmingly, we're hearing that foot traffic is down. And it makes me just think about all the ways, all the resources we can provide retailers with to help keep traffic up, help bring people back Mm -hmm. into the store. And I think it really starts with reaching people in your community that maybe have visited you once, maybe don't even know that you exist yet. Reaching back out to those people who did find you over the past couple of years. And I'm going to stress that we continue to get retailers the information that they need on the ways that they can truly... How many people do you think drive by like a bicycle store every day that maybe don't even notice that it's there. I always ask that question. Yeah. Didn't we have a discussion about this at one of our P2 meetings during the spring? It was that 11% of people in the US have bought a bike in the last year, something like that. Yes. So there is huge opportunity. You know, I was driving the other day somewhere and I drove by this boat store and they had boats out front. And I thought to myself, wow, I didn't know there was a boat store there. And then I mentioned it to someone later and they're like, that store has been there for 30 years. And it made me think, I wonder how many times people drive by the local bicycle retailer and they don't know it's there until they need it. But we have to figure out a way 
to get more people like thinking of visiting their local bicycle store, like, or to let more people know that we're here. So I think that goes back into the program that we're doing with HLC, the Buy Where You Ride Retailer Event Fund, because what we're truly looking to do is is to help retailers connect with their community. And it's not just the riders, it's other businesses, it's their chamber of commerce, it's spreading the news of their events so they can reach more people. And then helping any way we can with giving them support on the ground so that they don't spend all their time in the booth. They can go out and actually connect with people in their community. I think it's important. So I guess maybe that's where we welcome in our guests. Like we'll bring in Derek and Hunter from HLC and talk about what we're doing, because I think there could be some key takeaways for retailers to you know, get out of what some of the events are doing and maybe how could you apply that to your community? And maybe you could do that too, or your own version of it, if you would. Sounds great. All right. So I think this is a good time. Let's pause and take a break. And when we come back, we will welcome in Derek and Hunter from HLC and talk about the positive effects that the Byre Ride Retailer Event Fund is having on engaging community and what key takeaways we can learn. What does Ride It Daily Extended Service do for your customers? It protects and maintains their bikes. What does Ride It Daily Extended Service do for you? It pays you your shop rate for warranty and extended service claims. Why wouldn't you sign up for Ride It Daily Extended Service? It's only available to NBDA members, and you can find out more about rides at nbda.com. Rochelle, should we welcome our guests today? Let's do it. This team is excellent. It's the first MBDA NOSH guest team. I'm really excited about this. So joining us are our friends from HLC. And as I mentioned, we're going to talk about highlights and community effects that the Byre Ride Retailer Event Fund program is having. And hopefully our listeners are going to get some good takeaways, some ideas that you can implement So the press release, I think, just came out about this, right? Yes, it did. It'll have the list of people that won and more information about all of it. All right, let's get on with this. So we have Derek Boatwright, Director of Commercial Innovation, and Hunter Denton, Account Manager at HLC. Hi, guys. Hey, hey. Welcome. Thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for having us. Can I just tell you how absolutely thrilled I am that we get to work with you guys and HLC. Well, I'd say that feeling is mutual would maybe be an understatement. It's awesome. Like, <laughs> and I'm not saying that because you're the first Nosh guest. I truly mean it. You know, we have had some amazing conversations and some purely authentic brainstorms that have created some amazing programs. And because of those really authentic brainstorms, we created a program called the Byre You Ride Retailer Event Fund. I mean, wow, right? We like to think that we think differently. And this was something that has been on our minds and kind of on our hearts a little bit for a while now. It's like, how can we come alongside these customers, these retailers, and really help them engage with their customers better than ever before? How can we partner with the brands that we have? We feel like we have this great place in the supply chain where we can really bridge a gap between consumer and brand and bring the retailer into that mix and really help the consumer get the message from the brand that they want to portray and make sure that the retailer is a part of that equation. And when we learned from you guys 
that you were talking about this buy where you ride thing. It was almost like this perfect relationship that kind of was born out of that. And then we just started to brainstorm. And, you know, once that happens and you guys are involved, who knows where it goes? It's truly awesome. You know, it started out with like, okay, we realize we can do better, you know, and that's what I like about the HLC team. Everyone's like, okay, what's the why and how can we work together? Because we all know that we're trying to become better versions of ourselves, become better retailers, become better account managers, whatnot. And when we actually start talking, you know, I think you said to me, Derek, I think it was at the Big Gear show last year, Rochelle, right? I think I told you, Derek, you said, I want to do something more. It has to be bigger, Heather. You got to think about this. You challenged me. Yeah. We met with retailers at the Big Gear show and had conversations and there were great conversations. I think our average conversation was around 25, 26 minutes. I think we've kind of timed it, which is a long time. Like you don't get that kind of time to speak with someone at that deep of a level very often. And one of the questions that we were asking, because we went to that show not to really show off big gear, it was really to learn more from retailers. So we had way more questions for guests than guests had questions for us. And so I just remember having conversations with retailers and asking them the question, I know you have all of these new consumers coming into your door and they're buying bikes from you. And maybe they've heard of you before. Maybe they haven't. Maybe they're coming to you because their local department store was out of bikes. It really doesn't matter why they're there. The question is, what are we going to do about it? And the response to that question left me kind of bewildered a little bit. It was like, wow, there's everybody's enjoying having all these people come in, but nobody even has the capacity to think, what am I going to do about it? Because they're struggling to keep their doors open. They're working 80, 100 hours a week. It was madness. And so I came back and I sat down in a room with a bunch of my coworkers and I was like, guys, we've got to do something. We have to help. And I know we can't solve everyone's problem. There's no magic bullet that we could provide to every retailer that just solves this for them, but we have to get started. And even if it's small, then that's good. And, and we just got to get headed down that path, helping people engage with their communities. Yeah, I was talking to Rochelle before we brought you on to the show today, just about how many times you drive by a store and you don't even know it's there. The importance of retailers connecting with their community and how we reach those people who don't know they're there. I just realized I didn't introduce you guys at all. So maybe I should do that. So Derek, your job, your role, your title is Director of Commercial Innovation. What do you do at HLC? Let's just let our listeners know. Sorry. Yeah, sure. It's kind of a, a title that was made up for me. It's probably not something that most people have heard of, but I get to spend a lot of my time trying to really understand what our customers need and then translating that into solutions that can actually be created and then implemented. And so I have some other responsibilities, but uh, that's really where a large part of my time gets spent is trying to really understand it. And one of the things I like most about my job is many times because we're so in the weeds of the jobs that we do, we're unable to step back and really understand what it is that we really want. And so when you ask somebody what they want, oftentimes you get pretty shallow answers to that. And it's not really and truly what they want or what would really make the biggest difference. So trying to uncover that is a challenge and I love challenges. And so that's one of the things I love most about my role. I love that. Hunter Denton, it's been fantastic to work alongside with you in the past couple of weeks, getting to know these retailers and events. Now your account manager at HLC, can you talk a little bit about that in your role? I agree. This has been an incredible partnership so far. I really like the name too, just that buy where you ride, kind of the idea that that brings 
in itself, the name of the program. But I, at HLC, I have a lot of different duties, a lot of it focused with, you know, working with our accounts, the retailers. Like Derek mentioned, you know, a lot of times we're trying to find solutions on the real problems they have. That's really rewarding because when you can help out, when a retailer has got a specific issue that we're able to help out with in our team, it's how excited they are that they can better help their customers and their communities. That's just a really rewarding part of what we do with managing our accounts and and helping retailers. And just a few conversations we've had in the first round of events that are happening, you know, last weekend and this week, I went out for a road ride Saturday morning and I thought, oh, you know, that Century Ride that we're partnered to help with in Alaska, that's kicking off here in a couple of hours. And that just, I don't know, for me, that was really cool that I'm heading out on my solo short road ride. And then now they've got Century Riders in Alaska that, that we've been working with retail partner there. And just all the things that you learn about their shop and their communities. And as they're talking about these things and their events, you can see the passion there. So it's just really inspiring for industry as a whole. I mean, all these communities are just in such great hands with the retailers. It's just, it's been incredible. Yeah, I'm just thinking, oh my God, all the experiences add up. And if we could just rewind, because some of our listeners might have not heard of the Buy Where You Ride Retailer Event Fund. And to really just talk about the magic of a seed of an idea. So Rochelle and I were at Cabda West or Midwest? Midwest, I think. And having a conversation with a retailer about an event they were hosting when Rochelle just looked at me and it's like the world froze for a second. You were like, we need to do this. I was like, why can't we do that? We can do that. And I mean, that's really the seed of an idea was born. And this retailer was just sharing with us that they were going to have a barbecue. And it was a motorcycle company was giving them a couple hundred dollars to help offset the barbecue. And Rochelle just like looked at me and she's like, okay, Heather, this will be impactful. We can make a true difference. Maybe it was six months later. I think we approached Derek. I went to Derek, right? I was like, Derek, do you remember when I approached you with this idea? Like, like I was like, I need Derek to work with me on this because I know how your brain works. Well, that's saying a lot. I remember the conversation. I remember thinking after you know you and I finished speaking, I went straight back to our team and I was like, so we've had this idea. What if it actually looked like this? And we worked with the MBDA. And because one of the things we believe strongly, I say this often, consumers would rather buy locally. The reason why we lose sales locally is we don't make it easy enough for them to do so. And so that's really why these large companies like Amazon have been so successful. They've just made it easy for consumers to buy locally. And so being able to engage with your community, engage with these cyclists, do it in a way that is meaningful to your community. That's kind of like, we were like, how do we even go about tackling that monster? Because we can't be relevant in every single community. And it was like, you guys came to us talking about this idea and it was almost like the magic sauce. Let the retailer run an event that means something for them. And we just come alongside and support them, embolden them, give them some financial contribution. It's not a ton of money, but it's enough to help. And, and then we pack in some resources, like how can we help you digitally market your event? Here's some ideas. Here's some contact at some of our supporting brands like SRAM, for instance. And so all of a sudden together, your small event has now incorporated some of the brightest minds at some of your biggest supporters. 
And you know, now what can you do? That's what we're getting to see play out right now. And it's fun. Yeah, I'm getting goosebumps. Talk about a collaborative effort because we had just this idea. We brought it to you and it became more. And then you brought it to Shram and Muck Off and it becomes more. And then we're like, wow, we have something really awesome here that will not only change the lives of our retailers, but their community members and other businesses and whatnot. We decided that we were going to award five events and we opened up the application and we got how many applications? We were over 60, something like that. We were floored. I remember sitting with the meeting with HLC and SRAM and us. And we were like, oh my gosh, how are we going to choose? Like, Yeah. Remember who it was? It was somebody who was like, we're all thinking it. We can't just do five. Who's going to pony up? Who's going to do this? And so we did it together and we were just like, we can't just do five. This first year, 11 events were funded with our collaborative support, a financial and product contribution. And then additionally, another eight were supported with some giveaway items and some other promotional stuff that they could use at their events. So really for year one, it's I'm in awe of what we're doing like right now. And I think, you know, the cool part was the stories that we heard through these applications about the events, because it's easy to sit there and think, well, these companies are making these decisions based on who their largest customers are or things like that. And that couldn't be further from the truth. The truth was we wanted to see who had the most impactful events based on what was communicated to us in their communities. And those were the events we wanted to support. Whether they did a penny in business with HLC and SRAM and Muckoff or not, you remember that conversation. That was never even a requirement. It was all about the event. Like We just wanted to participate in the best events. I was floored by the response that we got in the application process. There was simply no way to just do five. Yeah, we all made it clear. We were like, okay, MBDA membership does not have to be a criteria. HLC, you don't have to be a retailer that works with HLC. It was all about the impact on your community. We have a lot of amazing events. Should we talk about some of the events in particular? Should we highlight a couple? I mean, Hunter, you've been in the meetings with us, working with the events. We have, gosh, so many amazing events, kids events, charity rides, grand openings, Hunter, is there an event that stands out to you? It's hard to pick, really. And the cool thing is we haven't even had those initial calls with all of the shops just yet. So had a first round of initial calls. And just from that, the Century Ride in Palmer, Alaska, put on by Backcountry Bike and Ski. It's an interesting detail with the bingo coin currency. I don't think that I would ever have known that. So it's just, you get to learn about these communities and what they do and having the currency there for the the festival and they do it in the town square. And it's just kind of an overall town square event after the century ride is over. Creating those types of experiences can really sustain an event, make it family friendly, make it kind of a good hangout when people were through with their ride. Another one that really stood out to me was the kids event with Century Cycles, where they've got the Bike to School Challenge for the month of May. I know a lot of the the industry companies are looking at how to get more kids on bikes and how to implement that as part of school programs. So to have a shop that's actively doing this in their community, it's a month-long Bike to School Challenge. The students can earn points. They can earn prizes. So That's one I was particularly grateful to be a part of. And with this program, having some prizes and raffle items that could be additional incentives for students when they earn enough points with riding to school each day, they can get these really cool prizes. 
So those are just a couple so far that, that I thought were really neat. I mean, everything from that to a bike shop art event, right? So having people in the shop to do canvas paints and getting cyclists involved with that. Because another thing that's coming along strong is like bike art, you know, taking old chains, taking old things that would otherwise be scrapped and landfills and then making something out of that. So yeah, it's just been really cool to see just the wide variety of ways that shops are engaging in their communities and building and supporting them. So many unique events, you know, something for me as we've been sitting in on these calls with retailers is, you know, we're on Zoom so we can see each other. The eye contact is huge. And you see them just kind of like take a deep sigh of relief. I feel like every one of the retailers has put a lot of blood, sweat, and tears into the events. Some of them are seven years now they've been doing them. They've invested a lot of resource and they know the impact it has on their business and on their community. So they know the value of the event. And they sit with us in a meeting and I feel like their eyes just tell us, thank you. You can feel the genuine appreciation to have someone on board to help them who genuinely cares. Rochelle, are you feeling that too? Like, are you getting that sense? Yeah. And it's amazing how many retailers we're talking to that let us know we don't make money on this event. We, in fact, invest a lot of money into this event. We just know how important it is to the community and what it means to everybody involved and what it means for growing cycling in the area. And we're just willing to do that. Yeah. I mean, it feels really good, you know, and and some of the ideas that like Hunter and the HLC team are putting forward are, hey, we could see if maybe Muckoff can come and do a bike wash station or we can send some a SRAM banner and, you know, maybe do a raffle prize. All of the retailers are just so excited to have the brand support. It's showing that the brands support the retailers and they value them. And I know it's hard for brands to do that, you know, on their own. So having this program is like really allowing that. Like Derek, you're working with the brands and you're communicating with them daily. How has that been when you talk to them about the events and just being part of the program? It's no doubt two of the things that I think excite our brands the most when, at least recently at Sea Otter, when we were talking with them and we were sharing some of the things that we were doing this coming year, one of the ones that got the most excitement was surely community engagement. And so, you know, anybody can say they're doing it, but when you can actually come along and say, here's how we're doing it. And we talk about by where you ride and these events that we're sponsoring for retailers and the brands were like, how do I get to be a part of that? And so it's really just facilitating that connection. And, you know, that's how the brands who've asked us about it, how can I be a part of that? Those are the ones that have gotten connected to this. And I'm assuming after this podcast, there'll probably be a few more who want to be a part of this and that's fine. And we'll facilitate that too. And maybe we can grow this list from the number that we're sponsoring this year and we can expand that out next year. I hope so. Yeah. Hunter, you've been really great with providing the retailers like some tips about making their event a success. And actually, Derek, I think you and the team actually have a dedicated page on the HLC website for retailers to go to. Is that available for all retailers who are thinking about hosting a community event or thinking about putting on an event? It is. So if they go to the company menu item in our web store and then go to resources, you have to be logged in to see it. But it's a tips for how to digitally promote an event at your store. That page is available to anyone who wants to see it. It's a fantastic resource. And we're providing the retailers who are working with us with that resource. And then additionally, some guidance on taking videos and photos of the event and getting those testimonials from 
your community members who are at the events because it allows you as a retailer to reshare out to your community the success of your event, but also like share it with us so we can reshare too. I can't wait to see some of the images roll in. Yeah, being able to capture content from your event is really important. It's so important that there's events that we've participated in where we've just set aside a little bit of extra budget to bring someone on to do nothing more than walk around with a cell phone or a camera and just take pictures for us because we knew we wouldn't be able to do it. But having that, when you get back to your desk, to be able to go back out and share and remember and promote next year when the same event comes up again, like that's important. And so it's important to be able to do that. I don't know if you know this, Derek, but I'm so committed. I'm going to go to a couple of these events, actually myself in person and be there like under the tent. I mean, Hunter, are you coming to fill tires with me at one of these events, right? In Hadesburg, Mississippi, maybe? Or like, we're so committed, Derek. Yes, correct. So, you know, obviously with our rep force, these events across the country, we've got ability to get extra hands on site. And yeah, I'll be at that one with you and we'll be helping do safety checks before that ride kicks off and pumping up tires. And, you know, I agree with the retailer excitement on this. Some of my experience with events at, at shops that I had worked at before, you're everything's so hectic, getting all the details lined up. And there's always this list of like, okay, this is what the event is and this is what we're doing. But then there's always that secondary kind of wish list. Like, oh, I wish we could do this too. I wish we could do product raffles and some of those other things. And I think the thing they've been really excited about is through this program, some of those wishes have been granted through some of the extra things that they would like to bring. I am just loving that we're going to start seeing these photos roll in. And I know we've had our first events already and they go through the fall. So we'll be sharing those images Rochelle, are there hashtags if our listeners are on any of the social feeds that we're asking our retailers to tag? We're asking for the hashtag buy where you ride and NBDA. Yes. Awesome. So great way to find the images coming out. Derek, shifting gears just a tad here. I know you're talking to so many retailers all the time and Anything that you're hearing, any hot topics, anything on your mind, you know, during your morning run or whatever you do in your world when you're brainstorming, anything to share with our listeners? Oh man, my mind never stops. I wake up at three in the morning and have to take notes. It's terrible. It's like, it's a curse and a blessing at the same time. So um, we are working on some really cool stuff, some stuff that I think is going to solve the way that we look at this is what are the biggest problems facing our customers? And right now we believe based on feedback we've gotten that it's surrounding HR. Like how do I obtain and retain the best staff? And obviously there's some supply chain challenges right now. And then profitability, how can I maintain a profitable business? And so with those three kind of key problems in mind, we are trying to develop solutions. And we've got one that we're working on right now that gives me the same kind of goosebumps that you've gotten talking about this topic here. And so I can't wait to tell people more about that. So a little bit of a cliffhanger, but I promise it'll be worth it. It is so much fun to do good work and bring new stuff that actually is impactful and changes lives, right? I mean, that's good yep. stuff. Hunter, what do you think about being part of this buy where you ride team and working with Rochelle and I? I mean, you can be honest. It's okay. Oh, this has been great. Lots of fun. Like I said, just you can see the passion involved on the calls that we're having with retailers. There's a lot of optimism for the industry. There's been so much growth with the bike boom and, and sustaining that and the demand being so high. I mean, we all know it's, it's tough to get bikes. It's tough to get parts right now. And I think with this community focus, 
you know, to see so many shops targeting that moving forward this year and, and continuing this bike boom to, you know, take all the new customers they have attained and, and continue helping them grow, continue helping them get into the sport, get into recreational riding, whatever riding they do. Uh, at these events, there's all kinds of focus between if you're a century rider, great, you can go out and ride. If you're a family member that wants to go do the short route, I mean, there's just getting everyone involved. And I think it's just going to be great to see where the industry goes from here with all this new rider growth and sustaining it too. Yeah. I like the fact that you just brought that up. It is so true. A lot of these events are geared at getting as many people, all different types of cyclists on bikes. It doesn't matter what demographic. Rochelle, anything here like that I failed to ask, or I know we were brainstorming prior to having them on. Did I miss anything or? I don't think so. I think one of the best things about being involved in it is like Hunter said, just feeling the passion of these retailers who are working on all these events and connecting with their community and being able to help with that directly is so cool and different from we connect with retailers in our networking meetings and we try to offer advice and peer-to-peer networking but being able to help directly on something so specific is really cool yeah you know what i just thought about remember we have these really cool hlc hoodies that i absolutely love that derek sent to us last christmas or something. i can't remember but we made these really cool byre ride trucker hats Derek coming your way, Hunter coming your way. Like, yeah, we've been sending them to all the retailers at further events with like t-shirts that we made too. So they were like branded and look cool, you know? Yeah. The trucker hats are really dope. So yeah, I I had to share that. (laughs) Look forward to it. Derek, just because can I put you on the spot? If anyone listening would like to contact you to ask any questions about HLC, is there a contact that they should use? Sure. I mean, the easiest way to get us is our toll-free number. It's 888-522-BIKE. You can get a hold of us that way. You can always email us. Hunter can correct me. Yeah. Customer experience at HLC.bike. Get to the right one. Add one thing real quick before we close or before you kick us off. I'd like to challenge any retailer listening to this, whether they are a part of this year's buy where you ride or not. If you are not thinking about and or having the conversation with your team about what are we going to do to engage all of these new cyclists who came into our doors since 2020, I'd challenge you to have that conversation. You have a point of sale system. It's likely you got data. You likely know whether someone has come in and purchased from you and maybe not returned to buy again, probably have some sort of contact information. Companies spend millions of dollars to try and figure out how much it costs to acquire a new customer. And COVID just poured them into our doors and it was basically free for them to come into our stores. And so how are we going to engage with those people? How are we going to bring them into the cycling community and make them feel a part of something that's bigger than us? Maybe they don't ride your type of bike. Maybe they're not a road cyclist or they don't speak the lingo or wear the Lycra. But if they're on two wheels powered by pedals and a chain, they're part of our cycling family and we need to make sure they feel welcomed and we need them coming back. Our industry needs them coming back, spending their dollars in local retailers. And so we can't all do that without, you know, working together or through things like buy where you ride. But I'd encourage you to have that conversation, figure out what you can do about it. Now, even if it's small, the hard step is the first one. So just take the first step 
And you'll see that it will grow much like this conversation, this buy where you ride partnership grew. It just kind of happens naturally. And then who knows, maybe you find yourself on the list of winners next year, getting sponsored by HLC and the MBDA and SRAM and Muckoff and a list of 150, 200 other brands. So who knows? I love that challenge, Jared. That's a good throwdown. I asked a retailer the other day, I said, how often are you communicating, using your data, using your email list and communicating with your customers? And this is a retailer who has the fancy software, all the platforms, everything's in place, right? It should be simple. And the response I got was, well, I know I need to do it. I double your challenge. I throw it down even more. Please reach out. We see the numbers are dipping a little bit. We want to re-engage these cyclists. We want to reach back out to them. So use your email, use the software and the platforms you invested in and reach out. I love that, Derek. I'm so happy you brought that up. That's a whole nother nosh though. I think we could do a whole nother nosh on that. So to be continued, Derek Hunter, thank you so much for coming on today and joining us and talking a little bit about the Byrie Ride Retailer Event Fund, HLC, and all the good work we're doing over here and out there. Pleasure was ours. Thank you guys. All right. With this, we go. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Bicycle Retail Radio. This podcast is designed specifically for the bicycle industry, dedicated to strengthening our retailers and cycling community. The NBDA NOSH is one of the many episodes that we produce. In the past, special guests shared deep their past and forward vision and lots of great guests planned in the coming weeks. If this is your first episode, we urge you to take time and listen to our past episodes. In the podcast, you will find relatable insight and a deeper dive into the heart of the bicycle industry. The show is made possible through advertisements from our sponsors. Please consider supporting them. You can learn more about advertisements or make a donation to the show online at nbda.com. The easiest way to support the show is to first subscribe to the show, then share your favorite episode with friends and online. You can go one step further and leave a review. It helps members of our industry find our podcast. Special thanks to NBDA Development Director Rochelle Stoughton for the editing and promotional graphics. Special thanks to today's guests and past episode guests, to NBDA members and cyclists worldwide. We appreciate your support. Thank you for listening. See you back here soon. And with this, we go. Peace. This has been Bicycle Retail Radio by the National Bicycle Dealers Association. For more information on membership and member benefits, join us at nbda.com. Thank you.